Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the Raw Gabbit, Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? I'm a little drunk, to be honest. You know, uh, <laughs> just good. to get a little meta, we, we, we usually we, we record the, the, the cocktail episode. Mm-hmm. Before we do the baseball one, and so this is correct. I have already consumed, you know, close to two cocktails at this point, so I'm feeling really good. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't think that I should be the one that owns the term raw gabbit. I think Whatever that, do you? Mean? I think that we are both firmly in the raw gabbit area. Listen. Just because you're something doesn't mean I'm not that something. I, I think you're more of that something, to be honest. <laughs> I, I will definitely accept the fact that I am a person who does speak confidently. Absolutely. About a, a subject very... of which they know nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> I that's, think that's that the latter clever part, part is of a... the raw gabbit. I mean, not just that you speak confidently, but that you speak about confidently about something that you know nothing about. So, you know, that's what podcasting is, right? You just kind of like, yeah, we, we know a little bit. We know, maybe we, do we even know a little bit? I don't know. We, we, I don't know that we're ignorant, but I don't know that we're not ignorant. <laughs> listeners, also, listeners, word- you be the judge. You be the judge. You know what? We have we have hundreds of listeners, Matthew, who listen to us every month. We have thousands of listeners. And therefore, well, you know what? They might listen because we're ignorant. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they just that, like, that, you know, like to be entertained that's by kinda, our ignorance. That's kind of the that's kind of the show, actually, right? <laughs> the, the show is that we're ignorant. Like, we're just, you we're know, just fans. We're not pundits. That's right. We're just just fans who get drunk and talk about the Giants. That's right. If we were pundits, we would know what we're talking about. But we're not, so we don't. (laughs) Although I think pundit is pretty much a synonym with Rock Abbott. I think so. I think so. I mean, yeah. I I, I think all the the pundits out there. That guy from New York who said some guy named Patrick Bailey, Rock Abbott. Total Rock Abbott. Total Rock Abbott. I also think this word should be rag. Oh, sorry, uh, rag. Ragwabbit. That actually is a better word. It's raw gabbit, but I think it should be ragwabbit, or maybe gall rabbit. You know? No, I don't know. But okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, raw gabbit. I don't know. Anyway, uh, what do we usually do on this part of the show when we get to? The- oh, usually I got a question for how things are going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, do I ask you? I don't ask you how things are going. I ask you a question. I've got a question for you. It's, okay. it's an icebreaker. It's so that people can get to know Matthew better. Okay, let's right? do this. And then you, and then you usually throw the question back at me sometimes so that they can get to know me better. It's right. You know, it's like it's what we call. It's what I like to call the icebreaker question. 
Okay. What is the icebreaker question? What the fuck is Farhan doing? <laughs> oh, first of all, I'm going to have to edit that out. So thank you. For that. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, second of all, who the fuck knows? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, I certainly don't. I, I maybe maybe Farhan is a raw gamut. Maybe maybe <laughs> he just sitting gamut. up there collecting his paychecks, going, "Man, maybe somebody will figure me out at some point." I don't, I don't know. know what I'm doing. You know, he's just he's just twinkling his. Uh, <laughs> he's just twinkling his his banjo, <laughs> and uh, and just you know, just every now and then being like, "Hey, this guy." Nobody's ever heard of him. He has a 138 ERA. Sorry, not a, so he's got a one 1.38 whip. But he really wants to be a starter. I'm going to sign him for four years. Giants fans are going to know this guy for the next four years. This guy who's going to be our number seven starter, first guy in from the bullpen. You know, the only thing interesting about him is he shares the same last name from a cool character from the movie Aliens. And, uh, yeah. And then he goes back to twinkling his banjo. Okay. No response. No. <laughs> you know, twinkling the, the banjo is not the phrase that I would have used, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he, maybe, maybe he does. Maybe he does, uh, what Maybe he twinkles the banjo. Twinkles the banjo. <laughs> twinkles the banjo. Uh, just as a side note, I, I I learned about this list of words that this university keeps track of, and that's where I got raw gabbit from. Mm. But they also had their yearly list also incur- included the word twinkle. I, uh, and you're it just going to use these words liberally now. Huh? I am going to use. They should be brought back. I mean, they had petrichor in there, which is a beautiful word. Anyway, today is Sunday, January 14th, as we record this podcast. I don't know if you noticed, Giants fans, but it is the deep, dark days of the hot stove season. What do you mean? We we signed a starting pitcher. (laughs) We signed a... Okay, air quotes, starting (laughs) pitcher. Yeah, that's right. It is an air quote starting pitcher. Starting pitcher. Um, I don't know. Mr. Hicks. <laughs> I'm running out. I don't know about you, but I'm running out and buying a Jordan Hicks jersey tomorrow. <laughs> you are not. Number no. one, you won't be able to get one. <laughs> you don't even know what number even, he is. Yeah. <laughs> they're not even going to. That's true. They're not even going to make one, Matthew. <laughs> like if you went into the dugout store and said, give me a Jordan Hicks jersey. First of all, they're going to say, Who? Second of all, they're going to say, first customer we've seen in a month. <laughs> no, they got they and, got the Jung-Hoo Lee jerseys. You know they do. Oh, that's true. That's true. They probably have sold. I bet you they have sold a few of those. I bet you they have. Uh, but they're definitely not going to have any Hicks jerseys. But anyway, fans, the Giants signed a quote-unquote starting pitcher, which basically means they started, they signed a long reliever who wants to be a starting pitcher. And you know what? I mean, I you know, I guess we could we're, we're going to talk about him later, right? Cuz we got to have some things to talk about later. But we're going to go into that. We're going to go into like does this signing make sense? Like is this something that the Giants needed? Is this like do they believe in Jordan Hicks more than they believe in Keaton Wynn? 
Yes. Or Tristan Beck? I mean, I'm not a big Tristan Beck fan, but AI Ben loves Tristan Beck, and AI Ben is way smarter than me. And uh, and so, you know, do they believe in Jordan Hicks more than they believe in those guys? Yes, they do. Yeah, they probably do. <laughs> they probably do. They just spent $44 million on him, so yes, they do. Yeah, but that's like over four years, you know? And And while $10 million is a lot to you and me, folks... It is not a lot to a Major League Baseball team, right? I mean, the Dodgers just offered, you know, they just spent a billion dollars on two players. So, you know, $10 million in the grand scheme of things, not that much. So I don't think we should get all upset about how much money they invested into this guy. But I do think it is worth asking, why? Why invest in a guy who's going to take a job away from Keaton Wynn or Tristan Beck with his 1.38 whip? 1.38. We have smart listeners on this show, but in case you're wondering, 1.38 sucks balls. I mean, it is so bad. It is so bad. That's the whippy that he rocked last year. But maybe they see something that they can fix, and they're going to fix it. And we're going to talk about that later in the show. And then we're going to talk about how boring this offseason has been. And, and if we have time, we're then going to talk about the young players who right now, because of how lame and ho-hum this offseason has been, are all like, you know, they're, they're all in the mix now. Which of those players do you want to see the most? Which ones will you be the most disappointed when they get farhan When Farhan signs some, some, like, you know, throwaway player off the scrap heap and buries them on the... On the depth, depth chart, who are you going to be the most disappointed about? But first, before we get to any of that, Matthew is going to do his magic and wow us with his San Francisco Giants knowledge by asking us a trivia question. Okay, so first, uh, as I was researching possible trivia questions, I was thinking that I would focus on the trade market. And as I dug into it a little bit deeper, there were, you know, not a lot of trades that were considered like huge that were done during the offseason. Most big trades happen, believe it or not, at the trade deadline. And so, yeah, shocking, right? So today's trivia question falls into that category. What starting pitcher was acquired in 2001 at the trade deadline? that would go on to be a three-time All-Star and compile a 78-37 and 37 record in six years as a Giant. <laughs> Goodness gracious. The Giants had some amazing players between 1990 and what? 2000? Uh, before, let, 2003. Let, let's say yeah. 2003. I mean, just some amazing players. And... And did so squat diddly with it. <laughs> you, you know, just like, that's the one remarkable thing about looking at this, at this. You know, that's how hard it was in baseball, right? Pre, pre, pre wild card. I mean, this is why I'm always going off about the 93 team, right? Because they were so damn good. But yeah, this guy, I know who this is. This guy. Oh my God. How come we don't see more of this guy? How come they don't trot him out? Like, where's he at? 
Seriously, where is he at? I don't know. All right. Well, we will talk more about him at the end end. of the episode. Enough with the banter. Let's talk cocktails. Let's do it, Bob. Let's do it, Bob. Whose turn is it to go first? What are you drinking, Ben? Woohoo! Knew it. Knew it. Bob, this week I am drinking a cocktail called Dram Good. And it's called Dram Good because it is Dram Good. What's in the Dram Good? Well, I'll tell you, Bob. It's one and a half ounces of bourbon, half an ounce of Drambuie, one quarter ounce of Falernum, half an ounce of lemon juice, and then three sprays of absinthe from an atomizer. Bob, do you know what an atomizer is? (laughs) Of course you don't. If you listened to our show on last Thursday, though, where I explained it, you would know. So you should go listen to that now, Bob. Poor Bob. Give me that look. Anyway, here's how you make it. First, you create a rocks glass. You, you, you don't create it. You don't have to make the rocks glass. You, you just get one that you bought at a store, or maybe it was gifted to you, and you fill that with ice. And then you spray that with the three sprays of absinthe from your atomizer. Then you combine the rest of the ingredients in a shaker with ice. You shake that until chilled, and then you double strain all of that back into your prepared rocks glass, and you garnish it with a lemon peel, and it is a bright and just amazing cocktail that you can hear more about by going back and listening to last Thursday's show. And that's what I'm dinking. And that's what I'm dinking today, Brob. <laughs> this is what I'm happens drinking. when we drink when we record. <laughs> that's right. You know, things got out of whack a little bit today, and the cocktails were consumed earlier in the process. And now I am like, I am like mid-show, Ben, early show. You know what I mean? That's the problem. And that's why I can't say your name, Brob. That's why I'm dinking. But anyway, I'm dinking a dram good. Back to you, Bob. Hmm, <laughs> that's a tasty cocktail. It is, Bob. It really is. Uh, what are you drinking, Matthew? Well, Bob, I am drinking something that I call 43 bananas. Or if you're bilingual, 43 bananas. Which has two ounces of bourbon, a half ounce of banana liqueur, a half ounce of liqueur 43, or liqueur 43, three quarter ounces of lemon juice, and three drops of bitters. You add all the ingredients except the bitters into a cocktail shaker with ice. Shake for 10 to 12 seconds until it's well chilled and diluted. You're going to strain into a rocks glass with fresh ice. You're going to place three drops of bitters on top of the cocktail. And that's what you'll get is a 43 bananas. 43 bananas. And it is a lovely cocktail that you can learn more about if you listen to last Thursday's happy hour episode. And that's what I'm drinking, Bob. Mmm. That's a tasty cocktail. It really is. I'm actually pretty impressed with this one. So I hope everyone enjoys it. It is good. I tasted that one. Uh, Matthew and I made those two cocktails together, which you would know if you'd listened to last Thursday's show. 
you know, about 40% of you don't. And that's fine. You don't have to. You don't have to. It's, it's, it's to. more for our amusement that's around really, the cocktail episode, really. It's really so that we don't, like, bore you with cocktail talk. That's why we right. make that episode. Right. You know, yeah. If you're interested yeah. in the cocktails, then go listen to the cocktail episode. Yeah. yeah. So, you know what? 40% of you who don't listen to that show, that's we do that for you. That's because we care about you. Just like we care about... What's his name? Jordan, Jordan Hicks? Jordash Hicks. Jordan. 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 Jordash is not a real name. No, that's a uh, brand from the 80s. Uh, <laughs> that's right. You can get those pants vintage for like $500 now. I don't know if that's true. Did you know that people, Matthew, go into dangerous mines to find old jeans? Why? Because they're worth a lot of money. Not $40 million, though. <laughs> Which is how much Jordan Hicks will be paid by the San Francisco Giants over the next four years. Is that right? Was that four it? years? It a four year, four no. years for for forty million dollars. So roughly ten million dollars a year. I think is, actually like, correction. I think it was forty four million. Whoa. So excuse me then. Ten point one million dollars, or eleven million that, dollars, depending on how good you are at math. $11 million <laughs> per year. <laughs> We're doing the best we can, folks. We're doing the best we can. I mean, you know what happened this week. It was Jordan Hicks. Yeah. And We're, that we're was drinking it. and we're expected to do math. I mean, this is not, and, not a good good combination. And we get Jordan Hicks when we're waiting for, for, yeah. for yeah, Snell. Snell. Yeah, yeah. I, Odds are you had no idea who Jordan Hicks was before we Right. And you know what? And frankly, we're all thankful. We're all thankful that we got Jordan Hicks. Because at least we, we got something. Are we though? Yeah. No. I, I mean, I, I was speaking from the content perspective, not from the Giants <laughs> fan perspective. Okay, yes. No. Yes. From a content perspective, at least we have something to talk about. Yeah, uh, you know, I was a little worried that we'd go into this uh, episode with absolutely nothing and we would have to like just poke fun at like Farhan's like hairline or something. I don't know. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, you and I Look, have a similar airline, so we can we yes, can totally take shots. And also, like Farhan, let's face it, Farhan and I could be doppelgangers. Like if I shaved and wore glasses, you couldn't tell the two of us apart. <laughs> like, let's face it. Like we are basically look the same. Um, but anyway. I guess, you know what, Matthew, it sounds like we're really trying hard to not talk about Jordan Hicks. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, again, like I didn't even know who he was before we signed him. Like, so that's 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 just that. I also read that the Giants like pivoted when they learned that Boris was asking for nine years, two hundred and seventy million dollars for Blake Snell. Nine and years. Nine years, so thirty million dollars a year for nine years for someone who's in what is early thirties, and can so we, can we I got forty million dollars a year for like five years, right? I <laughs> like I got to admit that I I think that I would have pivoted too if I had been told that Blake Snell was asking for nine years two seventy million. Like I don't know if I blame Farhan for this because who in their right mind would pay some guy who's had two good random years, nine years, 270 million. I just, I have a hard time, you know, thinking that that's a good investment. And so well, maybe Jordan Hicks was the, was the pivot. 
Well, okay, so I'm going to stay on the Blake Snell rumor here that you just laid out first. Okay, okay. Because the one thing that I will say is, is like, you know, the Giants were ready to spend Otani money or Yamamoto money, right? They absolutely were, yeah. which means they can afford it. So they have the ability to spend that kind of money. And from my perspective, I know it dries up the average and I know that excites the union, but it doesn't make owners, you know, happy. Like, I don't care about any of that. As a fan, I'm like, if that's how much money you have in your budget and that's what it takes to now go get the fourth or fifth best free agent, then go do that. Spend that money because you're, you were going to spend it on Otani. Why not go spend it on Snell or whoever else? Like, I don't care. Right. Just get the best that you can get. And I get it. Otani and Yamamoto, they're the best free agents. They get to pick where they want to go. The Giants organization as a whole, they blew their World Series dynasty. They didn't invest in the team way back then when they should have. They blew that opportunity. And so San Francisco ownership has put themselves into this position where they're not the premier team that everybody wants to play for. That's the Dodgers. So that's where Otani and Yamamoto chose to go. But the new reality is this is it. This is the new reality. So go spend that money. If you can afford it, spend it on Snell. I don't care. I don't care if that drives up the average contract. Like, I don't care what the people in Pittsburgh care about that. Screw those guys. Spend more on your team. But don't do it for nine years. You know, like, nine years is just a joke. That's a joke. Blake Snell for nine years? I'm sure Blake is a fine man, but I do not want to hang out with him for nine years. No offense, Blake. You don't want to hang out with me for nine years. Guaranteed. Uh, absolutely. I don't. I, yeah. You're my brother and I don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> That's right. You've, you've hung out with me for all the years of your life. <laughs> now, you didn't choose that. There's one person. There's one person in the world who chose to spend way more time than that with me. And that's it. One person. Only one person has made that choice. <laughs> he said, I do. And probably questions that every now and then. Probably does. Probably does. And I know that Blake does not want to spend nine years with me. And I don't want to spend nine years with, with, with Blake. Nine years is ridiculous. It's stupid. They absolutely should turn away. Now, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't come back to him when Scott and Blake come back to their senses. But nine years is too long. Nine yeah. years is too long. I like I don't want Blake Snell for nine years. I don't want an albatross like that hanging around our neck for nine years. Like the whole Bobby Bonilla thing is only funny when it happens to the Mets. Like it's not funny when it happens to you. Like I hated the whole, you know, uh, Barry Zito thing. Until he won us a World Series. <laughs> and then I didn't hate it. <laughs> but But that was way less than nine years. Nine years is too long. It's too, too long. long for any starting pitcher whose whose birthday birth year or birth date starts with a three zero. Right. I mean, or a three. It's just, you know, their age starts with a three. That's too long. I mean, we're yeah. just, you know, how many starting pitchers do you know who are pitching peak performance in their late 30s? You know, zero. Right. I mean, it's just it just doesn't happen. And so I feel like, you know, a six Berlander. year, six Berlander. year, 200 million, maybe, you know, could be fathomable uh you know but six years, years is fine simple. six years like six years five years and just overspend 
yeah. right? Because like that's the money you would have spent on Yamamoto or or Otani. Like you had already decided you were going to spend that money. Right. So who? What does it matter who you spend it on? You know, I mean, you might want to spend it on better warmers for your garlic fries to make sure oh, that please, warm please do that. Crispy. Please do that. You know, you know we want the fries to be crispy. And we want the, but we still want the garlicky flavor. But the problem is the garlic makes the the fries turn soggy by the seventh or eighth inning, and it's just not worth it. Then forget that. So, I bought one before the game even started, and it had been sitting there clearly for like a couple of hours because it was rubbery yeah. and cold, and you know. So Giants do better. Do better on your yeah. garlic fries. Right, so you could spend some of that money there, but 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 I would prefer you spend it on Blake Snell, but not for nine years. Totally agree. I'm on Farhan's side with this one. Nine years is BS. And I think hey, every Blake, other major league your team and, is also saying that, right? Like, wow. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Nobody's going to give you nine years, Blake. Nobody. Except your wife. But, but I got to ask you, Ben. Ben. Mm-hmm. How big are Farhan's cajones? For Jordan Hicks to be their big starting pitcher addition to the start of the season. Like, 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 you know, I was on Twitter the other day and we were talking about just the the promises that the front office makes. That they are going to be in on the big names for mm-hmm. the, the current free agent period. And then we get, okay, we got, we got, we got, we got one. We got, we got Lee. But then, you know, looking at when we're told that the free agent market, especially in the starting pitching, is is an important part of our our our, our offseason. And we signed Jordan Hicks, who has a start a total of like what, four or five career starts. And well, first, now all of a sudden we're gonna make him a, a free a, a starter. How big are his cojones to be this to be their big their big acquisition on the starting pitching market? I don't I don't think I don't think he's aware that we even exist. Like, I don't know that Farhan Zaidi knows there's the fans exist. Like clearly he does not. Yeah. I don't think Farhan Zaidi knows he's in the entertainment business. And so, you know, so, so I don't think his, I think he's, he's got average size cojones. Like, I think what he's thinking is just sort of like, this makes us marginally better. (laughs) So I'm going to go do this, you know, and then, you know, and, uh, you know, and he's got the red stapler thing going on. Right. And, and so like, I, that's what I think, right? Like, he's just like, this is a good, sensible signing. And also, Matthew, he did. They were in on the top two free agents of the offseason. They were. They absolutely were, Matthew. They were. They were. They were yeah. in. And the promise, uh, promise, you know, met. They were in on it. They tried really hard. They tried really hard. To get the top two free agents, and then they didn't, and so promise met. They did exactly what they said they were going to do. They were in on it, and now they're like, "Look, Matthew, he's got he's got Jordan Hicks, he's got Robbie Ray, and you know what? Those two guys are going to be throwing darts to Tom Murphy. Like, I don't know what you're complaining about, but like, you know, the eighth and ninth, the, the sorry, the eighth spot in the rotation." And the second spot in the rotation in July, 
have been met. And every fifth day of their starts on average, which is probably going to be twice in the year, they're going to pitch to Tom Murphy. And those games are going to be amazing. Buy your tickets now, Giants fans. Okay. So I, I think I think what we have to, or at least what I keep telling myself to stay sane, is mm-hmm. that the offseason is not over yet. Oh, no, it's not. It's long from over. And there are plenty of good players that could improve the Giants still on the market. There's still a Matt Correct. Chapman. There's still yeah. a Cody Bellinger. There's mm-hmm. still the Blake Snell. There's still Jordan Montgomery. Yep. There are those four right there are probably the top four that are still there. And everyone, and not just the Giants, everyone is just sitting back waiting for something to happen. So I'm trying to kind of find the positive in this, that, you know, the Giants are waiting for everyone else. And and really, the one person who's driving this market, who's maybe, maybe holding back the market, is Scott Boris, the agent for Blake Snell, think Cody Bellinger and maybe even Matt Chapman. Like he's got like these guys that the, the whole baseball world is waiting to sign. And so until they do, you're going to have this lull in the market. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I just feel like the giants are not the only team that's kind of sitting here waiting. Everyone's waiting. And, yeah. and this is what makes like, such a bad business like for major league baseball major league baseball should address this this is their off season where nobody really cares about baseball right now the football playoffs are going on but they need to do something about the fact that baseball just kind of sits there and kind of lets one person kind of dictate the flow of the off season and this is just it's not okay this is an entertainment business and these business, the, the the baseball world needs to be entertained when times are slow. And right now we've kind of let, we've given up that power. The Giants need to make, uh, or not the Giants, Major League Baseball needs to make a, di- a decision on how they want the offseason to go. Because if they want to be second fiddle to the NBA and NFL, well, they're they're doing that. If they want to be more relevant, then they need to make sure that people are are vested in action. And right now, nothing's happening. And this is just a typical Major League Baseball offseason, which is just maddening as a fan. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think they're third fiddle behind behind the NBA and the NFL. Right. Right. Like and 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 possibly any other sport that's doing anything interesting. I mean. As strange as this is, I've actually found myself, Matthew, recently reading a lot and following a lot of Leicester City because I'm not really into the football and the basketball and I'm looking for something to be interested in. And Leicester City is an English soccer team that has been interesting to me since they won the premier, the title in the Premier League, you know, I don't know, 2016 or something like that. It was a while ago, but they were unexpected. They were underdogs, and they won it, and I've kind of casually followed them, and then they got relegated last year, and blah, blah, blah. I should not know all of this about Leicester City, but I spend a lot of time watching about Leicester City, and I know that they just blew a game against Coventry and uh, yesterday that was a total heartbreaker, and I'm totally pissed about it. But you know what? If the San Francisco Giants were doing more, I wouldn't even know who Leicester City was. And if Major League Baseball was doing more, I wouldn't know who that was. Um. 
And this is why, you know, you and I are talking about Jordan Hicks. Like, you know what? Jordan Hicks is a fine signing. He's a fine signing. He increases the depth for the Giants. He's a good guy that can move between the bullpen and starters. You know, the only concern I have about him is that he wants to be a starter, and that's why he's coming to the Giants. You know, you know. but if the thing is, is like, I, he's probably not going to be slotted ahead of Keaton Wynn and Tristan Beck. He's going to be slotted behind those guys. And so I worry that he's going to be upset when he doesn't get his starting opportunities. But the thing is, the Giants established last year that they need starter depth. So this is a good signing. But it's the only thing that has happened for the San Francisco Giants in a long time. So we're all sort of like focused in on it because nothing else has happened. And Major League Baseball could fix this problem that you're talking about because I am going to go back to soccer. You know, in soccer, they have transfer windows. Mm -hmm. These are windows when you can only the time that you can make moves. And if those windows were smaller, stuff would happen. Yeah, Scott Boris wouldn't hold an entire industry by the throat. You know, I I think uh, with Tim Kamakami, uh, Farhan had an interview with Tim Kamakami and from the Athletic, and and he asked him about that, and 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 Farhan's reaction or, or answer to that was was actually, if you made a rule that there was a deadline for multi year deals then things would happen quicker. Yeah. And, and so, you know, that's going to happen with maybe, maybe with the next, you know, collective bargaining agreement. But, but I I could see that there is a need to kind of just push major league baseball to do stuff because right now uh, there isn't, there's no incentive and teams and players can just kind of play it out until they want to. And it leads to a really disinterested fan base during the off season. Right. And they could actually make this much more interesting. Right. Look at what may, what what the NFL does. Right. Like how much of the year during the off season they consume. Oh my gosh. Yeah. With the right. combine and the you know the draft and all of that. I mean, they just they they come they command a lot of right. the off their off season for sure. Right. Yeah. And 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 the thing is is that like you know as much as I care about the players and don't like big corporal you know like running ruining everybody's lives, this is on the players. Like the players have been like making the game more boring for 40 years now. And we finally took some of that back from them. I mean, they've been the guys who've been adjusting their cups, you know, and <laughs> slowing down the baseball game for thir- for 40 years. And we finally fixed that. And they were all like, oh, I don't want to. And then they were like, we're going to make a few adjustments to these rules. And they were like, oh, why adjust it more? Like, shut up. You know, like this is an entertainment business. You know, we're not here all here to watch you, you know, uh, adjust your cup and then make everybody in the world wait so you can get, you know, a million more dollars on your multi-million dollar deal. Like it, it, I have no compassion for that. Like none. Like, you know, I, I absolutely agree. Like the, as an industry, as an entertainment industry, this is something that needs to be fixed. Like Major League Baseball needs to find a way to keep people interested even when they're not playing baseball games. They've done a great job during the season by by forcing these rules that were sorely needed and took them way too long to enact. They need to do that in the offseason now too, right? Like, because otherwise I'm going to go watch Lester, you know, make a run in the championship and forget all about the San Francisco Giants. I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. 
So, you know, Jordan Hicks is a fine signing. You know, he has a, last year he had 132, 132 ERA plus, where 100 is league average. So he was 32% above league average. Uh, his game started in his career. He started eight games for the Cardinals in 2022. So he does have a little bit of starter. I don't know how much of that was like starting pitching or just starter, but he did start some games. So uh, the the Giants, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he fits into the whole uh, starting pitching thing. I'm, but it's like right now, You've got Logan Webb and what Ross Stripling as our number two starter. And I just don't think that's good enough. Just don't. And maybe, maybe their analytics department has zeroed in on Jordan Hicks as being the next, you know, star. Uh, But I'm not buying. And it's just, it's a little bit hard to kind of get excited about that. And I think, you know, that's kind of what I've been thinking about the excitement, right? Like as a fan, Ben, I mean, the giants have had, I think what you would consider maybe a solid, if unspectacular, offseason, right? I mean, you know, they've they've made some good baseball moves, right? They got a solid backup catcher. Yep. They a solid got they got a stronger in center field. Uh, Definitely. Even though we we think right because he does no major league experience. Uh, yep. We've now got somebody that could maybe be a solid starter, but at at least he's a really good bullpen addition. Yep. Right. And so maybe that moves us up into the, I don't know, let's say generously 83 or 84 win kind of uh, mark. Right. I mean, yeah. uh, from 78 wins last year, let's say now we're at 83. Let's just say those, those moves got us five more wins. I think that's a big, I got five wins with young who Jung who Lee and half of Robbie Ray and a Jordan Hicks. I don't see five wins in that, but okay, sure. I, I'm being, I'll give I, you that. I admit that I'm being generous. Okay. I, I, but you know what? Here's what I'll do. I'll tell you, they shouldn't have lost 78 games last year. I'll give you that. Yeah. They should okay. have been more like so, 80. Right. So I think what, what the giants are doing is they're putting together a team that will be competitive uh, maybe, you know, 85 wins gets you a wild card spot, right? And, and a shot at the world series. Mm-hmm. But is that really what we want as a fan base? Is that really like a shot at the playoffs? Is that really get you excited to go out and buy tickets? Like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not rushing out to buy opening day tickets with the moves that they've made so far. And I granted the off season is far from over. There are still some great names still out there. But based on the Giants' history, we can't assume the Giants are going to get any of those players. And and watching the moves that we've made, like especially this Jordan Hicks move, which is such a Farhan move, it makes it hard to be like, oh, yeah, now they're going to go get Blake Snell. Oh, now they're going to go get Matt Chapman. It seems like they are still shopping in the bargain bin, hoping for some that they can coach them up and there'll be some uh some some value there that they that was untapped. And you know, while that may get you a 83 win team, it doesn't make me excited to go out and see that team. Uh, there, you know, maybe Jung Hu Lee will be an exciting player and I'll want to go see him, but no one that we've brought in so far makes me go, wow, the Giants are a much better team than they were, you know, last season. 
And that's the problem, right? I mean, that's the problem that this is an entertainment business and we're not being entertained. See, this is your problem, Ben, is that you're always so negative. Like you, you always just look at the team and you've got this stupid tattoo on your neck that I don't even understand that says fire Farhan. Like, first of all, like get a grip. Okay. Get a grip, Ben. Like why even get that tattoo in the first place? That's weird. Second of all, why be so negative? Like, this is your problem, Matt. Uh, Sorry, Ben. You're just, you're just, you're just always just down on this team, down on Farhan. You know what? There's a lot of offseason left. They could still still sign Chapman. They could. They could. And I'm, and I hope that they do. And I hope that I'm wrong. And I hope that, but, and I, and I am a positive person by nature, but the Giants have not given me an, a reason to be optimistic. You know what they for should the do? For the last five years, like which free agent are you so excited about over the last five years that the Giants have signed, you know, or kept, right? I mean, so I just, I'm, I'm getting to the point now where I feel like the Giants are, you know, they're just, they're oblivious to the fan base and they're just trying to, they're going to put together an incrementally better team and without any excitement and you know that's hard to swallow i i want there to be a big star i'd like for there to be somebody in the middle of the lineup that could hit 30 freaking home runs which we haven't had in decades okay so you know so i'm I'm sorry i'm right all right yeah you go ahead you you take over optimistic ben i have the solution matthew i think what they should do is send out another email blast about locations in their baseball camps um (laughs) And also, they've added new coaches and players to the KNBR Fan Fest Tour. Really? Yeah. So don't think that the Giants are not entertaining. They're going to Sacramento, San Jose, and Napa. I'm not far from Napa. I'm uh, going there. Uh, Michael Conforto is going to be there, Matthew. Ooh. And so is J.D. Davis and Tyro Estrada and Mark Hallberg. And, whoa, shit, okay. Oh, sorry. Dang it. I dropped an S-bomb. I'm sorry. Uh, Matt Williams is going to be there. Maybe I should go to that one. Okay, see, they got me with that. They got me with yeah, that. Well, see, here so, I was, I was I making mean, fun of them with the with the email blast, and then I was like, oh, they got Matt Williams. But you know what? There are not, like, not all Giants fans are fat old men like me, and and that's not necessarily what's going to get them entertained, and they're still using the nothing like it tag. Are you kidding me, guys? Come on. Um, Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> I, I do have the feeling that this offseason is turning into a a you know like oh the matt chapman and the blake snells they're just too expensive for me farhan zaidi you've heard me say that in the past like he doesn't have it in him he cannot overspend and scott boris is demanding overspending you know and 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 like i mean his job is to get as much money as he can for his client and that's his only job scott boris is not in the entertainment business Okay, he is not. No, he is in the get my players the best money. Correct. Business. And so and so he is doing what he can to get as much as he can for these guys. And and I I agree that that the Giants should not overspend to that degree. But at some point they do need to overspend. And I am I I share your concern (laughs) 
that Farhan Zaidi will see that that Boris is asking for too much for the players that he represents and will not sign them because of that. And that would be a mistake. Right? Boris, I mean, sorry, Farhan needs to learn that he has to overspend occasionally to increase the success of this team incrementally. Because I agree with you. As the roster stands right now, this is not a significant improvement over last year. And I don't know how many wins. Like, you just look at it and you're just like, what have they done? Like, they've just kind of, like, moved the deck chairs on the rotation. And they've added Zheng Hu Li. And, and that's probably an upgrade in center field, but, like, how much of an upgrade? And we're going to have to spend time hoping that Michael Conforto is more better? And, and that's really it, you know? And then we also have to hope that Wilmer doesn't fall off, which he probably will. Right. So, like, this team does not look significantly better. It looks maybe one or two wins better. And then you hope, okay, well, maybe last year they underachieved, so maybe they're four or five teams better, four or five wins better. But that really only puts them around 82 or 83 wins, which is where I think they're at right now. And so, and that's, yeah, I mean, I'm worried that that's where they're going to sit. Um, and I hate that we have to sit around and wait for it. But, you know, like, as a fan, well, hmm, let me put this in my, like, if I was on the marketing team for the San Francisco Giants, first of all, I would change that nothing like it tag. Like, today. Today. That is the old tag, guys. That is the last tag that you use when Kapler was part of the equation. You got to stop using it. Like, just just pull that. I just saw that at the top of my email. Like, just get rid of it. Like, I don't just replace it with nothing. Replace it with nothing. You got to stop putting in hashtag nothing like it. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing with that? OK, I know I'm a software engineer, but I'm an executive. I've been in the C-suite. I talk to the marketing teams at all. That's not cutting it. You got to change that. Like tomorrow. Tomorrow's a, yeah, yeah, tomorrow's a Monday. Tomorrow, no, no, tomorrow's a holiday. Uh, well, tomorrow from when this is published, which will be Tuesday. So Tuesday, you got to fix this. Get rid of the nothing like it. But if I was on the marketing team, you know what at this point, Matthew, I'd be leaning on is I'd be leaning on the young guys. You know, I'd be leaning on the young players because, you know, what? we're not they're not bringing in a bunch of new free agents. Right. Robbie Ray and Tom Murphy and Jordan Hicks, notwithstanding a couple of minor minor league free agents that they've signed, notwithstanding. Which means that the good news is the good news is that that means there's room, right? There's still room for a lot of these younger guys. Tristan Beck, Keaton Wynn on the pitching side, but on the on, on the infield side, Schmidt, Fitzgerald, who I know can also play the outfield. And then in the outfield, Matos and Ramos and Meckler. Okay, so we've got all these young, exciting guys that we saw glimpses of them last year. Ramos, Ramos is one of these guys that I think is a really interesting story, right? Because he, when he, when he came back up to the Giants, it felt like he was on a tear. It felt like he was finding his power. He was playing with more confidence. He was being aggressive. And the guy is fast. The guy's scary fast for a guy of his size. Makes me wish that baseball was a contact sport. 
the way Elliot Ramos runs around. And I've heard that, like, he he finished the season off well, right? Like, in AAA. Yeah. But it really felt like Kapler just did not like the guy. Like, was like when he was on the roster, he wasn't going to play him. And I guess the rumor is, is that that wasn't coming from Farhan. That was a Kapler thing. And so there's a chance that Ramos, you know, with with Melvin being the guy now, could could get a second look. But I guess of like all of those names, right? Like, and if let let's accept that let's 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 assume that you're right. That Farhan doesn't go out and get the big name. He doesn't get a Bellinger. He doesn't get a Chapman. He doesn't get a Snell or a Montgomery. He goes out and gets a you know. I don't know, a Billy Bob Jones or a, you know, a Jordan Hicks, a Jordan Hicks, no offense, Jordan, but he goes out and get a Jordan. He goes out and gets a Jordan Hicks. Who are you going to be the most disappointed when Farhan goes out and gets one of these retreads and then buries one of these guys in the depth chart? meaning that he won't get the chance that he should. Who are you going to be the most disappointed that that would happen to out of all of those young names that I just mentioned? I mean, that's a good question because I feel like, you know, we've been fed this like steady diet of like, look at our farm system, look at, and we saw a bunch of them last year, right? We saw Casey Schmidt, we saw Meckler, we saw Matos, we saw Ramos, we saw Keaton Wynn, we saw Tristan Beck, we saw Fitzgerald, we saw Luciano. Right. There were a lot of like rookies that made their major league debuts last year that we've been fed this this dialogue that they're the future. Right. And I think that that's where, you know, Giants fans get really like conflicted because, yeah, you know, every like veteran that you sign is going to diminish somebody else's playing ability. And I think for me, that's a good question. Like, I think on the hitting side, I think Casey Schmidt. Yeah, could be could be one that just, you know, you've got J.D. Davis, you've got especially if they sign a Matt Chapman, especially if they sign a backup to Luciano, which are still like we were hearing are the the places that they're targeting. Uh, I think Schmidt is the guy that kind of sits in AAA for the time being. And so, you know, I feel like, you know, he's he's probably one on the pitching side. Keaton Wynn. I think, you know, is probably the one that I felt like had the most upside and showed the most potential last year that hasn't really been given a shot to kind of just, you know, be in the starting rotation and 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 be that starter. So I think those two guys in particular, but there are a lot. There are a lot of names, right, that we just mentioned that that, you know, if the Giants sign somebody, those guys are going to be the ones that will be left out. And you know, maybe that, you know, there's no sure thing that any of these players are going to be the the answer. But at the same time, we've been fed this whole dialogue about how the, these these guys could be the future. And now we're not so sure. So I guess, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. It, it just kind of feeds that 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 whole like the Giants don't really care about the fans because they're they're kind of just playing us for these, you know, feeding us these names and then just moving on. So I don't know. It's just, it's been an interesting couple of years and I just, I'm a little frustrated with, with how things have gone. I feel like that what the team has been 
I don't know. Here's what I feel like the team has succeeded at doing. I don't think this is what they're trying to do. But I don't know that that matters because it, it is what they have done. What they have done is they have continuously tried to tell the fan base that they are an upper class, top tier team. They're a Yankees. And I'm going to say this. They're a Dodgers and the Giants aren't. The Giants aren't that. No, no. They're a Red Sox. Right? That's what the ownership has been trying to tell the fan base. At the same time, they have been acting as though they are a mid-tier team. It's like we're the cubic zirconia of baseball. It's like we, we want to look like we're a diamond, but we're actually crap. We're costume jewelry. That's what they've achieved over the last five years. I don't, I don't think that's what they're doing. And I think that's more of an insult, quite frankly. Because if that's what they were trying to do, then that would be like, hey, congrats, you did it. I don't think that's what they're trying to do. I think they actually are trying to be a top-tier team and failing at it miserably. Because I think they believed they were that. And maybe they were that 10 years ago. But they didn't take advantage of it. And that's not on Farhan Zaidi. That's on the ownership regime overall. They didn't take advantage of what they had 10 years ago and leverage that into an ongoing series of success, which is what the Dodgers have done, which we have seen teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox do in the past. Right? The Giants had that opportunity and they did not take it. So... I feel like that's where they're at as a team. And and I guess the question is like, you know, how do you go about fixing that? Well, you don't go about fixing that by continuing to pull in these marginal players who who you're getting, you know, you're getting some sort of injury arbitrage on. Right? You got to sign, you got to sign and overpay for people like Chapman and, you know, I'm not as, as, as excited about Bellinger because I don't think he fits on the roster as well. But, you know, maybe Bellinger. But like Snell and Montgomery, guys who are not the top guys, but the next level down, you got to overspend on those guys to get them. And then hopefully they do make you succeed for the next five to ten years. And then you actually are one of those top tier teams. And you will because you win every year. You will start to get players who say, I'm going to go to the Giants because they're winners. And because they, they, they sign guys and they play those guys and then those guys help them win, right? I don't think that's what the Giants are right now, right? They sign guys, they maybe play them, they maybe don't, right? You know, it's like everybody's like, a, like it, they're always trying to catch lightning in a bottle and like nobody's job is secure. And so like, you know, you only want to sign with the Giants if you're desperate. And so from the, I think from, from the fan perspective, if you're trying to undo all of that damage that you've done to yourself, well, then you got to lean on the young players. And so stop putting arbitrage players over them. And so getting back to my original question, I, I agree with you on Schmidt. I agree with you, I think, on Keaton Wynn. Those are two big ones for me. I think especially Keaton Wynn. I think that guy got a really raw deal at the end of last year. Like they should have leaned on him more. And uh, and they didn't. Um, but I think the guy that I'm most con interested in, and I think because the clock is ticking on him, is Ramos. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Like, I think this, like, let's give him, like, you know, I don't, he can't be a starter, but, like, put him in the, the, the five outfielders and let him roll for four months. Yes, four months. Give the guy four months to prove the rest of his life. Not one month, not two months, four months. And if he doesn't do it in four months, then fine. He's a never will be, which I have called him many times in the past. But maybe, you know, like he's, he's honestly, he's what, 24? This will be his 24 year? Like, that's just the right time. That's just the right time for him to make his true major league debut and have an impact on the team. So I think that's the guy that I would most be disappointed to see covered up is Elliot Ramos. But I would definitely, yeah, Win and Schmidt are close on that list. Yeah, well, Ramos is 24 now. Okay. Yeah, so this is the year, right, that he would uh, necessarily have to show kind of what, where, where. Right. Where yeah, at. because generally speaking, if you don't, if you don't make a breakthrough in the MLB by the time you're 24 years old, you're not going to make it. It doesn't mean you're good. It just means that if you're not playing, you're not not there. You don't can't hold your own for a full season. Then you're probably not going to make it. I mean, you know, last year in Sacramento, he batted 300 with a 382 on base and a 546 slugging. Yeah. Right? So I don't I mean, know. He had a solid year in AAA. I'm going to blame this one on Gabe Kapler. You know what? He's out the door. I'm going to let the I'm going I'm to take a pot shot at him. He ruined Ramos. I don't know if that's valid or not. It's probably not. But like, that's Feels on him. That way. That's yeah, on Kapler. Yeah. yeah, that's on Kapler. You know the video game. Uh, he he didn't get video game results out of Elliot uh, out of Elliot Ramos, so he so he didn't play him enough. You know whatever. Didn't like something. Didn't didn't spend enough time in the weight room. Maybe whatever the hell it is that Gabe wanted or needed. <laughs> Certainly wasn't uh, what he wouldn't know. He wouldn't know because he couldn't talk to people to find out. That's what I do know. Didn't sit down with him. Have enough steak tartare. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right that's right he didn't he didn't have a one-on-one with him to fills didn't didn't take him to a burger joint i I think we've done an admiral job of filling uh yeah we've done enough without actually uh having any content to talk about but uh so i'm i'm gonna segue into our trivia question answer ben do it okay with you do it so the trivia question was what starting pitcher was acquired in 2001 at the trade deadline that would go on to be a three-time All-Star and compile a 78-37 and 37 record in six years as a Giant. I don't know who the could answer was possibly be. Was Jason Schmidt, Jeez. who was traded to the Giants along with John Vanderwall yeah. for, for Armando Rios and Ryan Vogelsong. Oh, what a trade that was. Yeah, the Giants definitely won that trade. <laughs> right, because one of those guys went on the longest professional sports journeys of all and came back and became a world series hero for the same team that traded him away. So Ryan Vogelsong did nothing with Pittsburgh, eventually found his way to Asia and then back to San Francisco uh, while Jason Schmidt in the meantime was the ace, the unquestioned ace for the giants for six years. He was so good. And uh, so, yeah, so it was just kind of fun to reminisce about Jason Schmidt and how a trade could actually be, um, a good thing and how you can actually get value out of a trade. Uh, the Giants haven't seen that type of trade in a long time, but it would be nice to kind of get back to that for sure. It would. It would. They have seen some really great trades 
in the past, but it has been a long time for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, looking ahead to next week or to happy hour on Thursday, I will be drinking a cocktail, an original cocktail called the Clavo Oxidado. And you'll have to listen to Thursday to find out what that is and why it's named that. Ben, what are you drinking on Thursday's happy hour? I am drinking a cocktail called Moan Cherry Freshicano. And it's pronounced just like that, with all the pauses and, and heavyweights and all that. Hey, look. And I actually just had a Mon Cherry Frexicano, no, and it was cherry, quite good. Cherry, not cherry. Oh, sorry. Mon Cherry Frexicano. There you go. And uh, maybe not enough pauses there. Well, you also pronounced the X wrong. Frexicano. It's, it's a French pronunciation, pronunciation of the X. All right. So Ben can explain it to you on Thursday's happy hour. <laughs> Meanwhile, I actually just had it and it was quite good. It and I'm really not good. a, uh, I, I'm generally not someone who likes one of the ingredients in this drink, yeah, really but you will have to find out what that's about on Thursday's happy hour. Mm-hmm. All right, Ben. Well, I think we should wrap this up folks. Let's uh, do it. if you haven't done so already, please, uh, subscribe and maybe even rate us on the podcast uh, uh, platform of your choice. Uh, also, don't forget to tell a friend or tell someone about us. Maybe even retweet some of our tweets. Uh, share some of our recipes on Instagram, where you can find us on all the socials, uh, the platform for, formerly known as Twitter, as well as Instagram, Threads, and Mastodon. At Giant Cocktails is the place where you can find us. So make sure you do that as well. Uh, thank you for all those who have left uh, reviews for us on the Apple podcast. It's kind of fun to see those, uh, those, those, those reviews and ratings. So thank you so much for doing that. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, Ben, I think uh, we're going to call it a, a call tonight. It's been great chatting with you and good seeing you again until next week. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye everybody. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. Goodbye. Adios. (laughs) I'm so drunk. I'm so drunk. (laughs) 